Asia has emerged as the frontrunner in the global NFT race, with the highest adoption rates in the world. In 2021, Central and Southeast Asia accounted for 35% of the $22 billion in global trade of NFTs. On today's episode of Bomb Talk, we catch up with pop star JJ Lin in Singapore, rapper and fashion designer Verbal in Japan, and SK Lam of All Rights Reserved out in Hong Kong to learn more about how Asia is building Web3 history by building Web3's future. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Come on in. Um, firing up another episode of Bomb Talk by the Hundreds and Adam Bomb Squad. I am your host, Bobby Hundreds, and I am, um, here we go here. We're going to invite the Hundreds and Adam Bomb Squad up on stage, Sandy. As you um, all know and are familiar with, is running the ABS Twitter, and Kai is behind the Hunter's Twitter, and so we're now all up on stage, just letting everyone slowly filter into the room. Welcome. Um, it's been a minute since the last Bomb Talk. I'm glad to be back. Um, Bomb Talk is a live Twitter Spaces talk show. And I'm saying live, everyone in the room right now knows very well that we're here, we're in the moment, but you can also download and stream and listen to all of the bomb talks wherever you get your podcasts. So if you missed any part of anything I've said in the last three minutes and you are just dying over, maybe I leaked any some alpha or... I said something that could have gotten me into some hot water. Well, you can listen to it again uh, by running over to Spotify, Apple Music, um, wherever you listen to your podcasts. All the bomb talks are recorded and posted there afterwards. Uh, we usually wait a few days, but uh, they're all there. And I've been doing these bomb talks now for, wow, for like five, six months at this point. And the intention behind them was pretty simple. It was to educate and onboard as much of our community as possible before ABS launched, before Adam Bomb Squad launched in the summer. Um, that would be the Hundreds community. The Hundreds is our streetwear brand that we've been operating for the last 19 years, since the year 2003. I started this company with my friend Ben, and uh, we just started off with some t-shirts. We had no idea what we were getting into. We didn't make any money for the first several years. We didn't even have a logo, let alone a mascot. And then at some point, we decided um, that there should be a character that represents us, not necessarily just a logo or even an icon, but someone who really personified and represented everything that we stood for, which was a brand that we never really wanted to see break above ground and go mainstream so big that it would explode. And so that character's name was Adam Bomb. If you notice, he actually never truly explodes. And over the last 19 years, there have been hundreds and hundreds of different iterations and versions, parodies, uh, collaborations done with this character. He's become 
a globally recognized mascot and logo um, in the streetwear space and in just greater fashion. But it's interesting. Sometimes I even forget this part of the story that Adam Baum was always a part of the community. It always belonged to the people. You know, he, even when I drew him on a night like this at three in the morning, I posted him up, up posted him up on our blog at the time, the hundreds.com. And I asked the community to name him. And so from the very beginning, he's always been for and of the people. And I think about five to 600 people submitted votes. We didn't have social media back then. They wrote in over email and two different people uh, selected the name Adam Baum, which is where his name comes from. So um, that's just a little bit of story of Adam Baum. Last August, we issued a 25,000 piece NFT collection of different versions of Adam Baum and his sidekicks, Adam Baum and Madam Baum. And, um, and that's the Adam Baum squad. So we, met, we wanted to onboard and educate as much of our community as possible. We started these things called Bomb Talks, these podcasts slash live Twitter spaces talk shows. And we've covered a breadth of different topics related to NFTs, uh, NFTs and art, NFTs and just trading collectibles with Steve Aoki, just talking about sports cards and how he got into NFTs. NFTs and music uh, with the Warps crew, um, uh, NFTs and street art, uh, NFTs and I mean I I feel like uh, the character from Forrest Gump just going through all the different shrimp recipes at this point. But you can listen to all those episodes; they're up uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tonight's episode is dedicated to NFTs and Asia. And I was, I've been trying to piece together this uh, show for quite some time because it's, it's really personal to me. It, it's meaningful, I think, for Adam Bomb Squad. And I think it's critical to understand, to have a true appreciation for the entire NFT marketplace and, and global ecosystem. You know, much of the conversation is dominated by the United States and the West. Most of the transactions are done in these territories. But in the future, starting, we've been seeing this starting to rise up over the last several months, especially since the turn of the year. Um, Asia has taken a much more prominent role in the dynamics of the NFT marketplace and ecosystem from the builders and the creators and the designers to those who are trading, who are collecting themselves, those who are innovating and trying to disrupt and revolutionize the space, from NFT gaming to the collectibles to the NFT artists, you know, even um, I think Medikovin is from Asia and, and purchased the Beeple uh, piece that everyone knows for 69 million US, right? So that was an Asia buy. Um, and so uh, it's, it's really important, I think, for all of us to address and acknowledge and also inform and educate ourselves on how Asia is playing into the larger picture. So I have three of my very good buddies uh, joining us from different realms of Asia and with different understandings and viewpoints on the subject matter tonight. But before we get there, I wanted to bring Sandy up here really quickly because... Every episode, we issue a free PO app. Now, a PO app is a free NFT. 
for everyone who complains that NFTs are too expensive or they're only for rich people, there are, uh, it's not true. There are also uh, cheaper NFTs and there are free NFTs. POAPs are kind of like concert ticket stubs to say that you're there. Uh, and, and people like just to have them in their wallets to look to scrub through and remember as significant memories. And perhaps you know, you'll take something away from tonight's episode um, that might stick with you and resonate with you. You might want to collect this pull up. So, Sandy, if you don't mind unmuting and just sharing with the, the room how we can get this pull up. Yeah, of course. So I'm not going to give you the code yet, just yet. Um, you guys will have to listen to the whole episode because I really do feel like there's going to be a lot of value um, and a lot that we have to learn um, from everybody that's speaking today. But I did pin a tweet up above um, that has the POAP form. From there, it's going to ask you for a code, which I'll really I'll, um, say further down the episode. From there, you'll just fill it out and follow our socials. Uh, maybe around Wednesday, we'll have it ready for you to claim. So be sure to listen for that redemption code and enjoy the talk, everyone. Thanks, Sandy. All right. I'm trying to get, um, let's see if we can get uh, SK up here as well. All right. So uh, if you're just tuning in, my name is Bobby Hundreds. I don't even know if I did that part. I'm your host once again for Bomb Talk by Adam Bomb Squad. That's our NFT collection. Please check it out. Uh, you can uh, find some of them on OpenSea. We have a lot of fellow bombs in the room already. I'm looking around, we got Ethan Lin calling in from Singapore. We got Breezy out in Florida, right, Breezy? <laughs> we got Will, um, Robert, Robert Shaw's up in here. I saw Shay Carl. Uh, the whole squad's out tonight. Uh, we usually do the bomb talks earlier in the afternoon on Mondays. It was important for us to push this later into the evening so that we could accommodate our guests who are calling in from Asia. Um, without further ado, we have Verbal here. Um, Verbal is calling in. Uh, Verbal, I, I feel like, needs no introduction. Fashion maven, streetwear god, um, so much history in the space and in the culture got into nfts really early uh it, with his own collection called um there's different ver variations of pow which we can talk about but verbals here we have sk lamb with all rights reserved he's up on stage and we also have jj lynn um the musician the pop star and uh all three of these guys are incredibly knowledgeable i've learned so much from them over the last several months that it, you know just aligning the stars to get them in this room tonight was was a real herculean task we did it and i'm glad to share them with everyone what's up sk how are you doing yeah i'm good hey how are you doing hi jj uh rebel yeah how are you guys doing uh it's uh 11 a.m morning in hong kong here What's good? What's good? Yeah. And you Where know you what? Today, today is Qingming Festival in, in here. You know. <laughs> what, tell us about that festival. What is it, what's it about? What's about? Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, what's about? How to describe? <laughs> yeah. Qingming <laughs> Yeah, yeah. JJ, how to describe Qingming Jie? It's a, it's a <laughs> you know, time, my English it's a time is poor. to remember... Uh, those who have left, I guess. It's a time to kind yeah. of gather with, with family as well. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, the time of the year where we gather and we visit our ancestors. Oh, well, thank you very much for sharing this holiday with us. Uh, we all feel like a family here, so, and it's all relatives in the room, JJ. JJ, you're calling in from, Hi, Bobby. Where, are you t- where are you today? Well, I am in LA still. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. We still close. <laughs> been okay. in the same room. I okay, I didn't know you were still here, but <laughs> where, are, when are you flying home? Uh, very, very soon. Very, very soon. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And um, what, what, I guess, where would you call home? JJ? Me? Well, essentially, yes. home is, is, is still Singapore. I was born and bred, brought up in Singapore, studied in Singapore. Well, until until maybe when I, when I got to about when I was 22. Yeah, then I flew to Taipei to start out my, my uh, music career officially. And I've been almost like spending a lot of time there back and forth ever since Next year will be my twentieth anniversary, so it's been it's been Ooh. it's been a minute. <laughs> Where are you at, Verbal? Yo, I'm chiming in from Tokyo. Can you hear me? We can hear you just fine. Oh, yeah, man. Um, in Tokyo, super sour that everybody's having a good time at NFT LA. Um, I shouldn't have left uh, when I when I had lunch with you, Bobby, uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, it seems like everything and anything's happening in the States and, you know, um, <laughs> super excited to be here, just catching up with JJ and SK, who, uh, you know, we're, we're always like in touch, like, uh, just talking to each other online and stuff, but yeah, it's kind of surreal for us to all be here, man. It is really cool to have you all in the room. I invited some others. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to join us tonight, but some other friends of ours. Um, we all know, you know, characters like Edison. I asked Matt Machi if he can jump in. Um, so we'll see if they can enjoy, if they can join us. You said something about all the activity and the action being out here in the states and especially here in LA for NFT LA Week, and it was crazy. I know mm. multiple people just like uh, South by Southwest that, that returned home and got a pretty bad COVID. That's how much we were, were partying. It was a big <laughs> week. Azuki's crushed it by the end of the week as we've all been seeing the results of that, um, which is a whole other conversation just around um, Asian American projects and uh, how Asian Americans support projects. Um, but congrats to Azuki. But, um, you know, you were saying that all the activity and the energy being out here in the States, but Asia is really emerging, right? As a front runner in NFTs, right? Southeast Asians alone are making most of the NFT based web traffic. Um, There are statistics that central and Southeast Asia is accounting for 35% of the global trade, which is a lot Um, in theory high or in, in, in technicality, highest adoption rates in the world. Right for Asia, the Philippines is crushing it. Thailand, Malaysia, Vietnam, you know, and these aren't necessarily territories that a lot of Westerners and Americans think of as dominating or leading the NFT conversation. But for you three, you're seeing it firsthand, right? So I guess my first question for you is, you know, what was it that compelled you or made you curious about NFTs in the beginning? And um, how did it look just around you, you know, in your countries where you're 
coming from, you know, was how has the response been to NFTs, especially in the earlier days compared to now? Um, maybe I, I start first. Okay. So I remember in four years ago, there are so many fake products. You know, people may know us because of all the like collectibles items that we make. And uh, there are so many like fake items around and all the collectors are curious about how to, you know, how, what, any solution we can help. And uh, one of my friends shared with us that we should put the chips in the product and bring it into blockchain for the authentication. Okay, and I think, wow, that's pretty amazing. And people know, you know, you know, we are, you know, the original people who make this, this, this the, the artwork or the stuff, you know, for collectors. And that is start, I realized there's something, you know, broad core blockchain in the world. And after that, you know, someone, you know, share with me and about like more like NFT, you know, blockchain, you know, those stuff. And I start learning, learning it. And uh, until two years, two years, I, my first NFT experience is I make a painting and sell it at somewhere I forgot, like super rare, right? Yeah. You know, my teammates with me, sorry. Mm -hmm. And I sold for like one Ethereum. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> was it your painting or was it someone else's painting? My my painting, my painting. Okay. <laughs> and what what year what SK, what year was this? Was this twenty twenty? Uh two years ago almost. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah. You're yeah, pretty someone... early. You were early. Yep. Yeah, I'm not sure, but you know, uh, luckily, you know, someone appreciate my work, and then I think, oh, you know, that's quite interesting, and I start to you know learn more about NFT, and you know, think about you know, you know, what can you do for me, and what can you do for for the people we work with together, so that's how I started, you know. Yeah, you. so just to provide context also for everyone in the room listening, SK Lamb, um, he is the head, the founder of a couple projects. One is DDOT, the store, which is essentially the retail arm of All Rights Reserved, which is your umbrella company slash brand. If I'm getting this wrong, correct me, SK. Yeah, sure. And um, you've been fundamental, I would say, in not just introducing and pioneering um, a lot of what contemporary art looks like globally, but introducing it to Asia as well. Um, is that more or less the best way to introduce what it is that you do, SK? Uh, yeah, you know, I, honestly, people know, especially in United States, I think like we really been worked with many like contemporary artists in United States, like, like, uh, let's say, uh, with like Brian, uh, cause, you know, with, uh, you know, different, you know, uh, uh, like, uh, Eric Parker, you know, we work with many like different artists, you know, so because I think like most of, uh, uh, contemporary artists uh, or, or even those that's very interesting, um, share with you guys like 
like 54% of the sales of from DDT store is actually from United States, you know. So I think we have uh, lots of, you know, uh, fans and, you know, collectors, you know, in, in, in there, you know, yeah. Yes, and uh, you've done just such a, a, a fantastic job, I think, of giving these artists a home and a voice in, um, in your part of the world right, that has, that have added life, um, added new nuance and, and dimension to their character. And then you go ahead and you start, uh, you really jump in very quickly with NFTs. And did you think, you know, especially because not much of the art world was embracing NFTs at that time, um, what about the technology really spoke to you? Did you see that you know, it was a way for artists to benefit from secondary sales? Was it more the facility and the ease by which artists could get their work seen? You know, what, or have you just always been attracted to new types of technology and distribution? Is, were all those things what made you curious about NFTs? Um, I personally think there's a few uh issue happened in you know okay maybe i need to go rewind a little bit in the last uh okay one thing first um uh, i just realized your company is starting in 2003 <laughs> that's right <laughs> Co yes. congratulations me too actually yeah <laughs> and jj also hey me Stop. too You're you're making it right now you gotta stop it sk so we we wow. should we should have a party like for like and 60 anniversary right 20 plus 20 years next year okay anyway so actually like 20 years ago uh we start to, you know there's online right e-commerce and we i personally i don't believe it you know honest speaking i don't believe it i don't i don't think i will buy anything online you know and it really you know until eight years ago Oh no, nine years ago, we started the DTD store, which is our online store. And, you know, it's very ridiculous, right? I don't, a guy don't believe online and eight years, nine years ago, who started the online business. And which is also, I would say, this is one of the uh, major uh, revenue to bring to the company, right? It really changed us, you know. So when, you know, Web3 coming up and, uh, we really study and reload, reload, you know, it's the same experience like 20 years ago when dot com coming. Everyone have a lot of like negative saying, uh, many opportunity there, right? And many scam, right? And I still believe you know, the good people or the, you know, the one who really have vision will bring this become true. You know, so it's about how to develop it and how to, uh, and maybe like now we have a much bigger community and we can have more like people from different crowd of from community to 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 come up more fresh idea to achieve this you know uh web three point stuff you know so so that's what I how I see you know. 
I love that, SK. I feel the same. I empathize, you know, as you were uh, stating earlier. I am uh, a little bit older. I've been around for doing this for 20 years, just like you. And and uh, JJ and I just celebrated our birthday. We share the same birthday. We had a birthday party together in our crew the other night. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm the same. You know, when when the Internet was first firing up, I was on board the blog, the online shop e-com was also riddled with so many technical issues, lots of scams, lots of vulnerabilities and in infrastructure. People seem to forget, you know, whenever it's funny to me, whenever people say talk about NFTs being a scam and, you know, there's very thin infrastructure in the space. I'm like, do you not realize that you plug in your password like 45 times a day just to check in your email, open your phone, like, we're we've been so conditioned to living under scams that we don't even realize how many people are trying to cyber attack and steal from us at any moment. And web yep. two, web two, we've become completely numb to it. But in web three, everyone's just like, oh, my God, people are trying to scam us. It's like they've always been trying to scam you. We're going to get to a better place where there's we're going to be better password protected. But in the meantime, yes, yes. Uh, it, it is it is uh pretty vulnerable out there verbal i'm gonna pop over to you really really quickly um i know we just listened to sk's story and uh but for you what was your i i know your journey pretty well into the space but uh i just want to take i want you to take everyone through your beginnings with nfts because i just you know you coming from japan especially um you know, Japan has a really specific take on the space, um, on what the tech can bring us. And um, you've led the charge, more or less, which I really have to give you credit for. Oh, man. Well, thank you for the nice intro, Bobby. Um, <laughs> for me, uh, just to kind of let everybody know, I am in music and entertainment, as well as in fashion. Um, co-founder of the brand Ambush with Yoon, uh, who's my partner and wife. So uh, the way we got into NFTs was back in 2014, we ran a motion, uh, 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 a mocap suit rental company because we would use that for entertainment purposes. And we would also do projection mapping and we would provide um, these services for other brands. Like, for example, for Japan, Tokyo Fashion Week, we would do shows for the brand CE. I'm sure uh, everybody listening here might be familiar with that brand. So we would do uh, such, uh, so render such services. I was just really into tech, you know, I'm really uh, enamored by the whole VR space, you know, grew up uh, playing lots of games. And, you know, I just thought like, that's just like the space. So anyway, working on it for a couple of years during pandemic, I would do a couple of shows in the virtual space, you know, doing like DJ sets and stuff like that. You know, it's like the right timing. Right. And late 2020, I discovered the space, you know, and NFTs and the possibilities. And for me, that just, pretty much brought everything together, entertainment, music, you know, and tech. And um, for me, like just sort of um, doodling around 
this virtual space and sort of thinking of how to, you know, make it more robust, I found that this would be a way to kind of tie in all the creative stuff I've been working on. So, you know, the live shows in the future could be token gated, you know, people could, uh, you know, create, we could create communities in there and so forth. So um, before, for me, music and fashion was always together. But at the same time, it wasn't as tied in. So I felt that Web3 would sort of, you know, bring it all in. And it did. So in uh, late 2021, uh, we started working on our own project for Ambush. And to bring back the Genesis design of our brand, which is the powering, that's how we basically started. So just to kind of throw this in there and put it into context, uh, we, Yun and I had a design team uh, that we started back in 2002. We met back in college. And then it, we weren't intending to make a brand, but we were just kind of fascinated at making products and, you know, watching people wear it and, you know, um, uh, just kind of, uh, you know, providing these kind of designs and freshness to people, right? And when we started making these power rings, you know, that's around the time when I was heavily active with the teriyaki boys because I'm also a member of the group. And I was just giving these rings out to people. And the kind of people I work with were obviously local DJs, contemporary artists, you know, um, designers, but also artists like Kanye, Pharrell. And so when they came through, I'd be like, oh, here, you know, here's something I'm working on. And then it just kind of took off from there and a community was built. And that's around the time when Japan was going through this creative renaissance. So people from different genres got together. We would always hang out in this club called Liberon. Lots of, you know, creative conversations, business conversations, everything came up out of that scene. So uh, fast forward, um, we when we launched the ambush pow nfts we just wanted to kind of you know bring that back that whole essence back and create the community through nfts and then the uh, and then and then i think bobby you mentioned this before but it's like the community uh unlike before when we we're doing the fashion brand when you build it on nfts when you win they win so I love that concept and it's about like sort of synergizing with everybody. And then that just kind of got you and myself even more excited. So um, that's where we're at right now. Um, we're still, you know, only like a month and a half in basically. Um, it's just super excited, man. We're like building every day. Hell yeah. Verbal, we talked about this a little bit before. I'm going to ask you again. Uh, just in reference to Japan and NFTs and the role that you see uh, the Japanese builders, Japanese crypto community um, participating in the ecosystem, right? We have some prominent figures already, right? Like Hiroshi uh, entered, he had a Solana project, which we can also talk mm -hmm. about why Solana is, um, I feel like has a lot more traction there in some ways than even in the West. You know, we got Murakami, who has 
always been really familiar and fond of the space, you know, doing his thing with his flowers and, and, and as well as you. Um, would you say that Japan was slower to adopt NFTs? And if so, like, why, why would you say that is? Yeah, it was slow by default because we had gaming from ages ago. And because of the gaming and the development over the, you know, during the 80s and 90s, I think the laws came first. So what sort of slowed down the process of uh, DeFi, Web3 scene kind of um, emerging here is like the law and then also the culture. And um, just to kind of explain and touch upon that, <clears throat> like currently there's no law in Japan that regulates NFTs. But uh, for example, if, if money or assets that are considered to be distribution of profits are delivered to a holder of an NFT, it kind of infringes securities acts, right? And, um, what, and, and just to kind of put it more in a simpler term, so airdrops are kind of iffy here. <clears throat> so for us, we, as much as we would like to give airdrops to people, if NFTs are used as a premium, meaning like contest prizes or promotions, you know, it, it kind of uh, infringes on the act against unjustifiable premiums and misleading representations. That's a lot of words there, but um, that applies. <clears throat> and then um, it, it, it kind of, uh, you know, there's a lot of legal implications. So people are a little bit sensitive about, you know, rolling out different events uh, or like, you know, uh, you know, giveaways and stuff that, you know, you guys in the States or people outside of the Asian territory uh, do. As a matter of fact, I think Singapore is a little bit more uh, forward about it. But Japan's very, very, uh, you know, uh, legalistic about that. So people uh, tend to be a little bit careful, which uh, leads to the, uh, you know, uh, slowness, if you will, of onboarding. And it's, also, mm -hmm, yeah, sorry. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Go. No, no. Yeah, I just wanted to also throw in the culture. Uh, you know, like, for example, Japanese music, unlike K-pop, it, it just kind of stayed very domestic. And, you know, you, you got to bear in mind, Japan is like a, still like the second or third is biggest music industry. I live in Shibuya and like I see Tower Records. I think we have the last Tower Records in the whole world. You know, people still buy CDs here. And, you know, uh, the, the labels here got so used to enjoying the domestically consumed fruits, if you will. So we would have artists that sell 8 million copies of a $30 CD, as opposed to Janet Jackson going worldwide, selling $10 CDs, 4 million copies. I mean, like, do the math, right? Then why would, like, labels decide to go overseas? So, but then they, that kind of stuck with us and the whole archaic system uh, remained. And many businesses tend to be like that. So I think some of the bigger, uh, uh, you know, entities that's capable of rolling out NFT projects, they, they keep them uh, as private chains. Like, for example, Rakuten has, like, 110 million users. So you know, um, they would rather leverage that and keep it more like a private chain than making it public. Line has their own crypto called Link, but it's only usable within their ecosystem. They have about 90 million users. So that's almost like close to like the, you know, um, most of the Japanese population. So like they kind of keep uh, everything internal. 
right? So it's, I, I think it's legal and cultural reasons why people tend to uh, uh, keep it very domestic and thus not partaking in the rest of the world. That's super fascinating. Thanks, Verbal. I That uh, gives us a lot of insight and context. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Bomb Talk. It's Adam Bomb Squad's live spaces talk show. I'm your host, Bobby Hundreds, and I'm joined by uh, Verbal, who just spoke. Um, Verbal from Ambush. He's calling in from Tokyo. We had SK Lamb here as well, uh, representing All Rights Reserved and DDT Store. Um and now we're also going to talk to JJ. JJ, JJ Lin is a global pop star um, who is known for many things, including sharing my birthday. Um, <laughs> but JJ is also an NFT enthusiast, a uh, strong proponent, and a bomb squad holder, big time. Um, but JJ, uh, he calls Singapore home. And I just wanted to know, know your perspective on the NFT space, JJ, and how Singapore plays into this. Because Singapore, especially for projects like ours, ABS is a great example of this. Ethan is in the room as well. And Ethan represents Singapore for us. I mean, it's, it's a real hotbed of NFT activity for the entire marketplace, Um so I want you to talk on all of that, JJ, if you don't mind. All right. First of all, thanks for the intro, Bobby. And uh, yeah, um, a lot to share, I guess, as Singapore. I think Singapore stands in a unique position in the world where we, we are like mostly bilingual. And uh, I think Singapore is a relatively quick uh, place that is relatively quick to respond to adjustments and changes in policies, and we have a strong following in the business world, in the tech world especially. And so in the recent years, I, I have like been noticing that there's been a lot of like uh, new content, new new projects, new teams that are forming around that space. You know, I, well, I have been watching out for a lot of like, you know, uh, NFT related projects and throwing, it, it all starts from curiosity. And I, anyway, honestly, I just I just felt that you know with how things are moving so quickly in this new space, uh, as a creator, as as a musician, you know, as as an entrepreneur, I, I've been always like exploring and always wanting to push uh, new projects and support like especially local Singapore uh, talents, and you're just watching out for you know. Um, people who are just so talented and, and has, has good, have good vision, you know? Yeah. So, you know, as a, as a holder of NFTs, but also as a collector, but also as a, a very curious person in, ter in terms of like, how do we uh, combine this new technology of blockchain and just push the limits um, of, you know, music or entertainment or stagecraft. And that that's really something that uh, I've been exploring, and definitely uh, there are some projects that just stand out, you know, in my view that I've been like also supporting my own way. Uh, yeah, I see I see Kevin Wu uh, from Greycraft, and uh, definitely Greycraft is uh, one of the projects that really stands out in in terms of like this whole space in my view, and we've decided to kind of like start a little relationship, you know, provide some music services. 
and maybe even like more to come that we would like to explore in a, in a, in a, in a you know not so distant future. But yeah, maybe just a re- little res- retrospective as to what I've been building over the years, over the past 20 years. I mean, like uh, most people know me as a uh, Lin, the singer, the, the, the composer, the, the producer, you know, but the artist. But like um, we've been always building community from day one. And uh, I, we do have uh, a, a, a really exclusive VIP fan club or community that we've been building for the past 10 years. It's our 10th year this year. And we have our app, you know, that that like allows for uh, community and fans to come come along and just to experience a little different, uh, more intimate relationship. You know, we we have been doing uh, exclusive meetups and uh, special content, or even like you know how the space views as airdrops. We've been kind of like doing that with music, with with collaborations to to the fans for some time, and. Ever since um, maybe about five, six years ago, we started a project called Project Sanctuary. Uh, and we started building this uh, studio, hybrid studio of a uh, music studio and, uh, and a broadcast studio. And, you know, we've been trying to embark on a, on a very digital, virtual version of uh, music content, premium music shows, building that, you know, uh, additional maybe an, an alternate uh, way for, for people to come and experience entertainment besides going to a physical concert. Now we wanted to explore uh, if we could do a virtual concert, if we could even create a new business model out of that, you know, because, you know, music industry is, is relatively on the more, the slower side to catch on, especially with tech advancements, technological a development yeah so but we've like we've been wanting to challenge that and explore and see if we could just use the the latest tech bring that in to create something new so with with the idea of blockchain we were exploring things like how do we redefine uh music and redefine and allow music to 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 be seen as a more valuable asset uh, rather than just uh, now it's so easy with streaming services you just click onto one of the platforms and you just listen to whatever song you want you know things have become very different from 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 before where you would want to collect your own cd of your favorite artists and that ownership of that cd or that collection gives you that experience that you don't have it you don't have anymore so 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 with with this new space, I think there's a lot of potential where we can, you know, just just build, explore collaborations on a whole new different level and redefine ownership and access for fans. And, and, and I, think, I think for me, I think for me, the space, the NFT space is more about servicing than actually building, you know, uh, your own NFT project because we already come with a community, but we want to build upon that. And at the same time, through that, we want to also expand and, and invite more people to come on board to, 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 to just be part of this whole new movement. JJ, you were speaking on music. And yeah. you know, just I'm just now appreciating the fact that both you and Verbal come from music and SK works with musicians. And it just seems like 
the music industry, the music, the pop stars especially, are driving, if not leading, a lot of the NFT trends and culture out in Asia, right? So at the top of the year, for those who have been following and monitoring the space, uh, there was a project called Phantom Bears by Jay Chow, who's another big Asian pop star. And it quickly unseated Bored Ape and people were, you know, on, in the West or maybe just unfamiliar, unfamiliar with how the dynamics worked in Asia were really startled by this and surprised at how much influence that these music stars have. And um, it, it seems to be that there is a pattern where um, Asian pop stars, you know, can come out with their own collections and have like incredible momentum out the gates. And so, uh, JJ, can you speak a little bit to that cultural phenomenon of how important and integral um, Asian pops, the pop stars and musicians are just not just to Asian pop culture, but even specifically to the NFT market out there? Uh, is it is it critical? Is it absolutely mandatory that Asian pop stars co-sign projects in order for them to be successful? Or why does that play such a, a big role? It's it's I feel like it's different than what it's like even here in the States. I think it's a little different when we come from a background where we already have our own unique uh, community, where we have the backers, we have we have like family. Where compared to a lot of new NFT projects where they have to have we have to kind of like, you know, sell that roadmap, build that a uh, dream and vision. And, and, you know, even start from there. And then after that, build your utility, build your story after you, you start the project. So it's kind of like a head start for us. But at the same time, it's also a double-edged sword, if, in my view, because, well, I, 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 personally, I still feel that there's a lot of people who still don't really fully grasp the concept of, of a non-fungible token. Most people... I have I've seen around I've been observing a lot of projects and even successful ones I mean they 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 actually define NFT as a as a form of art but to me personally I mean you could have a different view but art is art whereas art is everywhere where for for us to to appreciate and to love but to me the difference is when you talk about an NFT I see it as more of the the ownership and the access to to this community that you want to be part of, that you feel you want to be family of, and the art is just you know a, 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 a particular key or, or or just one of the one of the things that you you would it's just a represent, visual representation of that community of that ownership and access. So, I mean, for example, I actually spent a, quite, a, quite a long time exploring or discovering what that actually meant, what ownership actually uh, is me uh, meant. So I came up with a kind of like a, a simple analogy for maybe the layman. So, it, for example, we, 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 do value, uh, we do value art in terms of like, okay, there's a new, maybe there's a new smartphone design and you really like. So that's in, in, in a sense, it's a kind of design. And when you buy a smartphone, you just buy a part of that design and and the utility that the phone provides. And hence, because you're paying for that ownership of that design and the access to using the phone and it's in a software and app store, you actually value the phone 
in itself. But well, you see, we I think human beings put so much value in ownership than everything else. We value products. We value ownership of of our favorite uh, watch or we, or our favorite artist. A painting is a painting. A painting was painted for us to appreciate. But the value comes when you actually bid for a painting that you really love and you want to own. So I we we got to try to find that connection with with NFTs. And 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 hence coming back to my context, uh, if you find that connection of um, ownership of that ticket or that access pass or that passport to enter into this family of of, of people who have who share the same values, who share the same passion as you, as yourself, you feel that emotional surge, you feel that inclusion, you, you feel that you want to be part of this. That's when the value uh, of the NFT uh, comes about. That That's, yeah, that's for me. I love that, JJ. That's super positive. Uh, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Bomb Talk. I'm your host, Bobby Hundreds. We're talking about NFTs in Asia, the role that Asia plays. We're trying to gain a little bit more insight and knowledge about um, how this region of the world, the, the, its inhabitants are driving the conversation, the culture, innovating, building. You know, one thing I hear a lot about uh, the Asian NFT marketplace is how strong some of the other chains are. It's not just about ETH all the time. You know, we're seeing that here in the States. Obviously, Solana is just picking up a lot of steam. I blog on the blockchain, uh, on Polygon. Um, but Solana, uh, AVAX, right? Like Avalanche, like these are some other chains that are picking up steam, gaining traction. And in some ways, I feel like perhaps uh, Asia will be the ones that take a lot of these other chains and make them more mainstream, if not... Uh, dominant. I don't know if any of you have thoughts on that. SK, how does it look like for you out in Hong Kong? Are you seeing a little bit more of this type of activity? Uh, I think Ethereum is still the the stronger part in Hong Kong here. I mean, like like people um, like uh, yes, like you say, like Sonana is you know because. Um, they are working really hard in Asia here. Uh, they create like different type of project here. And uh, if I'm correct, like Solana is going to uh, beat OpenSea, right, soon. So, yeah. So I think di different people are, you know, are learning and also developing in different way now, you know. So, you know, that's what I understand now. Yeah. Verbal, what about you? We, we talked a bit, um, I referenced it earlier, but Hiroshi minting on Solana came as a little bit of a surprise to people, um, some people, including myself, but you had good reasoning for why he chose that path. Sure. Um, I think... Uh, Hiroshi or even Murakami, they, uh, you know, just come from different paths and different genres, obviously. And I think they have different reasons for partnering with certain entities or with uh, uh, which which 
blockchains to use, right? So Hiroshi is known to collaborate all the time. So I remember distinctly when I had a, you know, chat with him and he said, you know, I don't own any stock or inventory because I always collaborate and I can amplify projects that's popping. Like, you know, so I was like, well, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> coming from a, coming from, you know, you, I, I know you can feel me on this, Bobby, like, you know, uh, as a brand who has to kind of have the risk of inventory, that's awesome because he can leverage his branding. So he was able to partner with SoulShift, which uses Solana. And he was able to work with Mark Gonzalez, who's a skater and a contemporary artist now, to create these uh, generative uh, art, you know, NFTs, which is wearing a Chanel beanie or like some type of sunglasses or, you know, what have you. So um, that made sense for him there. And the people that work with him and partner with him were able to execute it. So for, for that reason, um, that made sense. But <clears throat> I think... Um, you know, just, just to kind of speak about Japan and the scene, a lot of the people uh, that I met here, the creators, uh, they, they, they depend heavily on Polygon because obviously the, the speed and the cost effectiveness. But uh, it's, it, it's been changing a lot, actually. Um, I just had, you know, I just got together with uh, Yoshida-san who just opened up a marketplace called Hardy. Airbits, he's a NFT creator. Professor Krypton, he's like actually listening right now. Shout outs to him. Uh, Onigiri Man and my homie Mandy. You know, we're talking about like, you know, what's what's what in NFTs right now. And, you know, they're really, um, uh, you know, up to speed on things. So Airbits will be like, yo, on my next drop, I'm using ERC721A, just like Azuki. And like, you know, like I'm so, so they're really uh, leveraging this new tech and new, new uh, uh you know uh forms of uh you know blockchain and how how to release and drop things so uh but having said that layer two is still very popular uh here and you mentioned avax uh avalanche i'm i i'm really uh you know i think it's really cool because it's a modular chain as opposed to like a monolithic chain like ethereum and other ethereum based uh, layer twos and I think there's another level of creativity and value that could be provided to the holders so you know I think Grimes gave the uh, that there was an announcement Grimes working with Avalanche and Open so that's really cool and uh, shout out Open yeah shout out Open all day like Jason mm. Ma you know like Jay homie Ma. so Jay Ma so um yeah, I, th I think that really opened my eyes to the different possibilities. Like I'm learning every day, but like I'm so behind every day. You know what I'm saying? Like there's just so much <laughs> That's going all on. of us, Verbal. <laughs> word, you know, word. You know, I'm you, behind you, Verbal. You, you know, you know, no, man. Like, man, I mean, you know, I mean, you got, you guys are so future, man. Like if, I mean, if, if there's more Bobby's, SK's and JJ's in the world, like every, you know, Asia is going to be like all up on, nfts and blockchain 100 percent, you know so like there's just so much going on so um like just scrambling to catch up always like studying but yeah man um for me i think uh all this is exciting and you know there's so much to contemplate on and for us uh just releasing uh our nft project and then also you know using our metaverse our virtual space to kind of house everybody and you know 
just it's it's fun to be able to use the tech that was once considered kind of nerdy to kind of uh you know express and sort of bring the community together you know so i think uh to your point uh just to kind of sum it up uh these new types of chains is it's just the and the tech that it it provides is um it, it just uh makes the experience more interesting and the project more robust very quickly i'm going to invite sandy up on stage to tell everyone how to redeem their po app for tonight's bomb talk hey everyone hope you guys have enjoyed the talk um as mentioned earlier the po app form is pinned above on this twitter space if you guys could click on that and click on the form you will be asked to put in a redemption for uh, redemption code in order to fully get your submission in the code is future make sure it's in all caps the code is future um so once you have that submitted we'll um submit it through poap and we'll post it on our twitter and discord once it's ready for claiming thank because you guys asia oh thanks andy because asia is the future speaking the future we got machi up here machi is like the history and the present and the future of so much of the NFT space. I had to bring them up here. Um, ABS strong, ape strong. Machi, what's good? Yo, Bobby. How are you? Good. Uh, good. You regret bringing me up here, man. I only got one question. <laughs> Machi, I, I feel like you are one of the wisest people in the space. I've in the in in just our short conversations I've learned so much um and gleaned so much insight as far as how Asia is impacting the overall NFT global ecosystem. And I guess just for those who aren't familiar and who don't quite grasp it, what are they missing? You know, what should what do they need to know about how how Asia is coming in? And just owning this space. <laughs> I, I don't know what you mean by that question. I don't know. You know, like, um, I mean, what, what they're going to bring money. They're bringing uh, money as in like they're going to take their fiat, they're going to turn it into crypto. And then like that's more uh, cash in the ecosystem. If you're an artist, you know, get it. You know, like, like, yeah, I love seeing artists um, eat and earn i mean i've been one before uh, i've never been a starving artist i was famous from day one um but but you know i feel all my friends in the industry that are doing as well or, or or you know have have like mad talented but just aren't aren't getting what they you know like in my opinion they deserve I don't, let's not call it that it's a little entitled but basically you know you want them to keep creating some of these people are so mad talented and they, they don't have either the time or they got other worries that they're not they're not you know showing the world or or bringing their art to to everybody and i think um nfts is definitely allowing the artists to get a, a lot more of the pie or even like just being able to take care of themselves and so that's that's the beauty of it you know the ugly part is like like what i came up to ask you when when bomb token you know, like, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. I can't believe you're gonna do that right now. Yeah, yeah, Ooh. man. I gotta represent the ABS kids, right? They're all freaking like hanging out, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, crying all day and shit. So my worlds know. are converging. 
<laughs> but anyways, again, I said the the beauty of it and the ugly part, right? Nothing you know, good and bad, you know that that, that crap, you know. But what do you think? Nah, I'm fucking with y'all. You, there's if, if I was, I never put out a bomb token ever, you know. Like, there I, we go. Look at I, you. I, You're I, such I, a fire I'll starter. The for you, man. So ABS guys, <laughs> worry, thinking about bomb tokens never coming, dude. Bobby's gonna, you know, keep creating, and um, that's what that's what ABS is. Our bombs are are, are a work of art, and. Uh, Thanks, you got man. it. You, you lucked out, man. Thank that's, you. This art is art, and uh, that's the utility. Art is utility. I think that's something the artists um, always have at the end of the day, and the community needs to understand that. Uh, anything about this? Oh, you know, give me a roadmap. That's bullshit. Like, it, it, if the project comes as a business, that's that's a whole different thing. But it's you know, you gotta look carefully at, at what you're you're doing. I think NFTs ninety percent or more uh, lean towards art. So, you know, there's that. And then that's what I think the community needs to embrace, support, and, um, yeah, go ahead and speculate. You know, like normal art gets speculated and collected. And it, it's a funny space. If you just want to do pure speculation, go gamble at a casino in Vegas. Go do something else. But if it's like you want to enjoy art, you want a little culture so you're not just like a DJ and gambler and you can – you can be DJ and you can you can fulfill your gambling needs, but at the same time you can go out there and talk like you're cultured and shit, and um, so you're not just a one-sided person. But anyways, you know. Like, well, I I think I need to actually paint a little bit of a background for Machi just so that people know who is speaking up on stage. Amongst being just a, a very successful business person, entrepreneur, entertainment magnet. Um, you also, I think I, I can say this is, is you were really foundational, I think for a lot of the ape success in Asia. Can I say that Machi, or would you claim that? Nah, nah, I don't, I don't want to claim nothing like that. I, I think, okay, well then um, I can say, hey, well, I, 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 promoted say the apes. I promoted the apes, right? Okay. Like everybody else, um, you know, like I, I took some of the early Bitcoin ethos or earlier like crypto ethos is like when you onboard people, you give them a little bit of the Bitcoin. So same thing. I, I did the whole Bitcoin pizza thing, right? I gave away a lot of my apes, like, I don't know, about 90 apes total in, in total, like just giving them away. Like, hey, here, here's an ape and this is the new thing. Um, you know, the ape community is cool, you know, things like that. I give away tons of bombs, you know, I gave away a bunch of bombs too. I've been, I've, you know, I'm giving out bombs too now and, um, it's just kind of like, um, well, the, most of these people I'm onboarding are my friends too, and and I just giving some, uh, you know, getting them excited. And and the the beautiful thing about NFT space, um, it's visual, it's art. So it's not the same as when I, I was telling friends about crypto or DeFi. They're just kind of like you know zoning out, or they don't give a fuck, or they rather not talk about it. It bores them or puts them to sleep. But if I talk about NFTs, if I give them even one NFT. They love it. They love the gift. Um, they, they, you know, immediately download like a MetaMask ad dinner. And then the next thing you, you hear about them is they're, they're not sleeping at night, you know, surfing open sea or, 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 you know, looking through NFTs and already start collecting or figure out how to get their fiat, you know, in onto the, into the space. So, you know, like I just did my part of being like a, a crypto person or, or, or NFT community member that is, you know, kind of spreading the word. I, I think everybody's doing it right now. Maybe maybe not like, you know, gifting out as many NFTs, but 
you know, my, my suggestion to, to everybody in this room tonight is like, give away your shitty NFTs, the ones you don't want. And then people will be like, oh, man, thank you, thank you. They'll find out that the gas is more expensive than that than the NFT you gave them. But fuck it, it's a picture, right? It's a JPEG. They look at it, like, oh, there's a cute, a cute, you know, cat. They don't know it's like the, the derivative of a derivative, right? So, you know, as long as they get something, they'll be a little. But then once they, they understand, like, what it's worth, they're like, oh, yeah, you're not that good of a friend. You give them a shitty NFT. That's why I'm careful not to give away NFTs. I don't think we'll ever make it. Um, but anyways, you know, it depends if, if it's my real friend or not. If it's a friend or a friend, I start giving them the shitty NFTs. <laughs> but um, anyways. Yeah, I love you, Moxie. Fun, right? Thank you fun, so, so much. Yeah, you're uh, welcome, man. I, we're trying to. I can't believe Yoon is in the room. Actually, verbal. I don't know how how this yeah. happened. But I, I, uh, I was I was I was gonna say, bro. I don't, I don't mean to cut you off, but she just literally landed. So um, I don't know if she's at the airport or she could um jump on just to say hi. Um, yeah, yeah. She just oh, got rugged. I think she she. We were trying to invite her. She'll, <laughs> she'll make her oh, way back, back in. But uh, oh, actually, she's here. Yoon. Oh no. Hi. Yoon, did you just land? Ah, she might be getting rugged. You're on, you're on mute. Can you hear us? Okay. Well, we can wait very patiently for her. We're not going to leave the room <laughs> until we get you to say something tonight, because this is, this is a really big deal. Um, but also a very big deal. I have my friend Kunal Kapoor up on stage. Uh, Kunal was just uh, tweeting at us, and Kunal's out in India. He's repping us out in India, and he um, also has a really certain take on NFTs in Asia, India. You know, we're one and the same. So I love that we're going to get this perspective tonight. Kunal, we're just talking about the role that Asia plays in NFTs. How are you doing? <laughs> and also, how do you see it? Hey, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And always uh, wonderful to chat with you. Uh, well, I, you know, I can only speak about what's happening here in India, obviously. Uh, and, uh, you know, the last time we spoke, uh, I was telling you about how, uh, you know, I often speak to like, I often get a like a message on, on Twitter saying that we want to connect with you with the product that we have, uh, that we're building in Web3 or we're building in crypto and the NFTs. And often it turns out to be somebody that's like 15, 16 years old, you know. And I always find that really, really incredible. Uh, you know, you have all these young kids uh, from across the country. And, you know, often uh, you expect them to be uh, kids that are building from like, you know, urban cities and big cities and stuff. And uh, I just came across this uh, one project, which I thought was amazing. And I got on a call with these guys. And there were two kids. One was uh, 17, one was uh, 18 and they were from really really small towns and i think uh i find that amazing because i think that's what web3 and nfts and you know cryptos uh enable people to do is that uh anybody that has an internet connection can build now and you don't have to you know have to have the biggest degree or you don't have to be uh, a popular artist uh, you can be anyone from anywhere with the internet connection and you can create something amazing so, yeah, I think, uh, you know, as far as NFTs goes, I think we're still uh, far behind because we don't have so many people that are collecting right now. But uh, I think that's going to change really quickly because I see lots of people building in anticipation of what's going to happen. 
and uh, I, I think in the next year, I believe that India is going to be one of the biggest NFT markets. Yes. Uh, it's not there. It's far from there right now. But, you know, seeing the amount of people that are building in the space, uh, you know, I'm amazed. Uh, they're obviously, and these are these are not people uh, that are just starting off. These are people that have been around for a long time as well. And they're constantly building, uh, you know, NFT platforms, NFT infrastructure. And, uh you know, they obviously see something that other people don't right now. So I think, uh, you know, maybe 2023, 24, whenever that happens, I think it's going to be it's going to be huge here. The last time we spoke, you were saying the laws are, are shifting a little bit as well to open up the space a bit in India. Is that true? Did I get that right? Well, they've, uh, you know, up until now, nobody was quite you know certain about what was going on in the sense that there was no law around it and there was no like clear sort of direction right there was no taxation laws there was no regulation and you know you were not sure whether what you were doing was legal or illegal like like many other countries uh, but they've just uh, come up with the uh, regulations i mean just the first step towards regulations they've come up with taxation and uh, this is i think the first time people are cheering the fact that there are taxes because uh, the fact that there's going to be taxes means that it's now legal and you can sort of, you know, regulations are on their way. And I think once that happens and once they sort of start understanding the power of the space and create very, very clear uh, regulations and stuff, I think uh, it's going to, uh, you know, it's really going to sort of help the industry. I can't wait for that. And I, I agree. I mean, just look, sheer numbers alone, um, India is going <laughs> to have to take the throne at some point here. Um, but so much creativity just from our experience with streetwear and fashion that's been coming out of India. Oh, just over the last few years, several years, we collaborated with a young designer named Prakar. You know, the hundreds just performs incredibly well out there. There's such a burgeoning streetwear community. Um, the creativity in uh, your part of the world is unmatched. And I think paired with the proper infrastructure and and the government getting on board and, and, and people like you in place, Kunal, to be the flag bearers of it. I mean, I, I, India is, you know, I'm completely bullish on, on India and NFTs. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what I find amazing is I was at a conference the other day uh, and uh, there was this one artist that was speaking and she's a... Uh, uh, she's a YouTuber. She also uh, sings. And she's also somebody that creates art. And she said that she made more from one NFT sale than she made on YouTube all through the year. Uh, and I thought that that was amazing because, uh, you know, there's That's suddenly true. so many artists that, uh, that have avenues and have, you know, ways of sort of uh, putting their art there and, you know, reaching out to people and also obviously making money off it. Uh, so, uh, uh, how can anyone sort of not love the space? Yes, exactly. Um, you and I don't know. Are are we up to bat here? I hope your microphone is working. So, Verbal, what do we think? So, so she is literally at the airport uh, waiting for the testing. So I'm also uh, seeing if she could say hi, but um, uh, maybe it might be difficult. But she, okay. uh, she, she texted and says love to everyone <laughs> we'll take it yeah <laughs> we'll take it 
um well yeah you you do your thing we we love that you're just even listening in um union verbal as everyone knows uh do ambush together and ambush has just been crushing it as far as leading the charge um for nfts in the fashion space um jjsk uh we can start wrapping things up now everyone is very busy and we're calling in from multiple parts of the globe right now i don't know how we're even managing this time zone wise it's kind of remarkable um but sk i I just don't know if i know if you had any final thoughts anything you wanted to add as far as uh asia's role especially hong kong's role i mean i don't think we talked enough about hong kong and and what hk is doing um with nfts but the floor is yours uh i i feel like um yes Especially this, starting from last year, I think there's a lot of uh, number of you know project from Asia to NFT world, and um, and also there's a lot of you know people interest to collect NFT, and I think that is really like a good side and positive side to all of the creators. Uh, it's a good news and. Uh, as long as I believe there's uh, some you know good project and and I believe this is very important to to the future and to all of the people who believe uh, roughly, um, you know the, those important or good project will really to prove, uh, you know the success of roughly and also for the community and I really like uh, um, you know what people think about like a lot of people haven't been paid. In, in before by like like posting uh, 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 making a videos on YouTube or you know or, or artwork on you know whatever social media platform but those people never been get paid and they are really talented I think like referee is something you know they you know everyone can create their own own, own world and you know to achieve their own dream so I hope especially from you know uh People like us in Hong Kong, we really hope, you know, I will see more uh, great talent, you know, can make good project, you know, for the uh, NFT project, you know, that's what I think, you know, and that's, that's also what I hope to see in the future. Oh, that's okay. I love that. And you're being incredibly modest. I think we need to pump Fun Club, which is just one of the many things that you do. <laughs> do you want to talk about that? Do you want me to talk about it for you? You're very modest. Oh, no, you know, like the reason we call fan club, you know, it's just like, you know, it's an internet language, you know, F-W-E-N, you know, something like, like spelling mistake, right? <laughs> and um, so, no, no, we just believe that is what, what we want to do, you know, we know, like, we met so many, like, people around the world, you know, and they're so talented and, uh, and everyone have different strength, you know, to, to make their own stuff. So we want to contribute, you know, our edge, you know, like what we've been worked with, you know, some different artists before to, you know, to support each other, to 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 bring a, a better community. So yes, that is the belief of fan club itself, you know. So we are lucky because we have like two hundred fifty thousand members in Discord. And um and we just, you know, we are going to launch another project with uh, 
one of the Spanish artists uh, called Joan uh, Corner. In uh, the main day will be on seventh, uh, yes. And uh, so we are also building our metaverse. If you know, if you guys have time to like uh, check out our like fan club uh, Twitter, we just have a sneak peek yesterday because you know we we. I'm I'm really poor speaker actually, uh, Bobby. So when when you invite me, I'm so scared. <laughs> so, You're doing great, SK. I don't. I, I do. I disagree with you. You you you're doing amazing. No. And just to yes, just to clarify for anyone, Fwen Club F W E N Club um, are the projects. These artist driven projects that fall under the all rights reserved umbrella that SK is responsible for. The first was with an artist named Hana Yusuke. And this project, I, it's still one of my favorite NFTs that I have in my wallet. Um, still one of my favorite NFTs that are just out there in the marketplace. The next project is with Joan Corn Cornelia. Uh, yes. And uh, I don't know if you, if anyone follows this artist, you won't be able to ever unfollow this artist again if you do, because the artwork is so simple and compelling. And I feel like it's just like cultural lightning in the moment. So um, follow this artist, uh, follow Hanai Yusuke, but really follow Fwen Club, F-W-E-N Club, and what All Rights Reserved is doing. I really appreciate your time tonight, SK. Yeah, Kong, thank you. Hong Kong. Um, JJ? Yes. Um, well, first of all, I'd like to thank everybody. Uh, thank you, Bobby, for having me. And I, I really enjoyed the conversation and I have learned a lot from like, you know, everyone was representing in their own field. I really think that Web3 is this so, uh, so much potential in this whole new space where you guys are just bringing, you know, empowering new artists, empowering new content, building new communities just to just make this world a better place. I, I'm really glad to be part of it. I look forward to you know, building with each and every one of you, you know, and anyone. And I really just feel that and there's a lot of more things that we could be, you know, having fun with. And hopefully, you know, even not just not just about the con content building, but also to empower everyone in the community in Web3. I mean, although we're talking about Asia uh, and NFTs, but I feel that with Web3, we are all in this together globally. The world has become so much closer with Web3. So thank you for everyone. The last question I'm going to ask everyone in the room before we leave is, since we're all here to learn about NFTs in Asia, and um, Kunal, you can speak on this from India, uh, Verbal, Japan, you, you know, JJ, uh, Singapore, SK in Hong Kong, uh, but just Asia in general, what projects should we be looking for? We know your projects um are paramount they're the most important ones but um what other projects are really catching your eye that are coming from asia and they don't have to just be pfp collections but also just artists or businesses that are being set up like we were talking earlier just about how axie uh, in the philippines is is significant for nft gaming um so i guess just brands businesses nft collections nft artists pfps um you know, what put us onto something. Uh, I don't know, anyone can speak. Well, I mentioned earlier on about Greycraft. I think uh, some a project that I feel that is so understated at the moment, like a lot more people needs to 
to to experience what they're trying to do, uh, especially coming from Singapore. And I think that they do have a good team of creators and designers that have very they're so serious into you know creating this whole experience for uh, lovers of the Met culture. And uh, I do feel that you know it's something that maybe all of you, if you haven't already, uh, should take a look and find out more. Okay, um, I'll go. So um, first, I just want to uh, mention and also shout out Asagi, who's part of Artifact. Um, he's so awesome. I had a conversation with him the other day. Um, he's doing AR work, uh, very creative. And he, he was mentioning something very interesting about how it's not necessarily directly tied to Web3, but it could be, you know, just a... Uh, like a portal between physical and the digital realm. And then so he he was able to um, hint us into like a new direction on how this could all play in together. So I just wanted to shout him out. And um, also because I see some of the Monkey Kingdom guys here, I just wanted to mention Monkey Kingdom because they're very, very, uh, they're, they're popular obviously now, but um, when they started and to up until now, it was just like a short window and like lots have happened, but they're, they're, um, I just wanted to mention that they're really onboarding a lot of people into the scene, like new people. And I think, uh, Bobby, we spoke about the importance of bringing people on and making people feel, you know, akin to this whole scene. So I feel like they did a fantastic job uh, doing that out in, the, out in Asia. So I wanted to shout them out. Thanks, Verbal. That's amazing. I appreciate that. Kunal, is there, are there any projects that are speaking to you that we should know about that are coming out of India? Oh, Kunal, I don't know if I, he might be. He might be. Okay. okay. Yes. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah. So there's a, a couple of projects that are building. Uh, I think it'll be a while before they're out and about. But. Uh, uh, what I found interesting about what they were doing is one of them is actually taking IPs uh, that are dead now uh, in India. Uh, so these were things that were really popular maybe in the 60s and 70s. And uh, they're buying the rights of all those IPs because uh, there's still a fan following of those, right? People still love those and there's, a, there's obviously nostalgia attached to that. But uh, there's no sort of distribution of that anymore. So they bought the rights of that. And they're they're creating a lot of uh, they're creating lots of stuff around that, which I think is very interesting. Uh, the other is a is somebody that I just met is creating a play to earn game, but he's the play to earn game in itself will be a metaverse, right? Which means that um, within the game you will be allowed to build multiple things like restaurants and uh, clothing shops and you know uh, things inside what the so the game in itself will not just be a game it will be a metaverse in, in itself that people will be allowed to build in and will be uh, able to sell things for the game uh, which they will be building uh, so it's a sort of place where uh, he's building the game uh, but people will be able to sell items for the game and I thought that that was something that was very, very interesting. And there's obviously uh, there's friends of mine that have built this really cool DAO called Super Team DAO, which has uh, uh, Balaji involved as well now. And uh, 
And they've been doing some amazing stuff. They're building on Solana and uh, they're funding projects uh, that are building on Solana. Uh, so that's something that I think people should check out as well. Oh, we should have gotten Balaji up here tonight. That would have really shut the house down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to wrap it up. These are usually an hour. I can't believe we went almost an hour and a half with the, the busiest people in the world really from across the globe, all on stage tonight. This was mind-blowing. I'm super grateful. Um, thank you to everyone. JJ Lin uh, calling in from L.A., but really from Singapore. Um, uh, SK out in, in Hong Kong with All Rights Reserved. Verbal and Yoon are here from Ambush. Um, Verbal on Japan. Thank you so much, Verbal. Um, thank you. Yes. And thank Yoon you. Yoon is still in line at the airport, but she's with us in spirit. And Kunal, who was was able to surprise guests from India. Claim your PO app at the top if you haven't already. Uh, we'll see you at the next uh, Bomb Talk. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in Thank tonight. You. And just remember, NFTs are worldwide. We are all in this together. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.